She was filled with a strange, wild, unfamiliar happiness and knew that this was love. Twice in her life she had mistaken something else for it. It was like seeing somebody in the street who you think is a friend. You whistle and wave and run after him, and it is not only not the friend, but not even very like him. A few minutes later the real friend appears in view, and then you can't imagine how you ever mistook that other person for him. Linda was now looking upon the authentic face of love, and she knew it, but it frightened her. Hello and welcome to Story Girls, a fortnightly podcast about books with a dash of absurdity. I'm Alicia. And I'm Lindsay. And welcome to our third season. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Welcome to season three. Season three, which we have bound together with a very loose... <laughs> <laughs> it's how we do. It's how we do, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we're starting off with The Pursuit of Love by Nancy Mitford, mm-hmm. and there is a famous character mm-hmm. in the books mm-hmm. called the Bolter. The Bolter, who uh, has no other name. Who has no other name, and we have decided to focus our season on other books with like-minded characters. Are they like-minded? Oh, like actioned? They're bolters. They're bolters. They bolt in one way or another. It really is heinous of you, bolter. So that's what we're doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we're kicking off with the original bolter. Yes. The bolter. The bolter. (laughs) Yeah. Couldn't do it any other way. No. No. So, um, of course, as always, spoilers abound. Mm -hmm. We Mm -hmm. generally recommend that you uh, read the books first before listening to us prattle on about them. Mm-hmm. And this is quite an old book and I, I think uh, quite a well-known book. So yeah. um, it's possible that you already know how it ends. There's been a couple of film adaptations of mm-hmm. it, one fairly recent. Yeah. So, you know, it might not be like, it's not like our last season where we spoiled a whole bunch of murder mysteries for you. Uh-huh. <laughs> but still, there are some twists and turns in this. So Yeah. I mean, it's really not a book that's about the plot. No, definitely no. not. Um no, it's a very character-driven book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so let's just touch a little bit on Nancy Mitford. Sure. Nancy Mitford, um, she wrote books in the, actually very similar to our last season, in the interwar period, mm. um, and then beyond as well, further into like the 40s, 50s. Um, she was part of an extraordinary family. So you may be familiar with the Mitford sisters. They're quite well known. And I'm not going to go into a huge amount of detail. There are tons of books out there about them, documentaries, biographies, um, even fiction based on them. Yeah, just just such a fascinating family. They were obviously born um, into... Um, wealth and they were like aristocracy. Their father was a lord. And so they grew up uh, much like the Radlets in the book. Mm. Very similar. And, and um, yeah, they were very privileged. They moved in high society circles. And so depending on what their politics were, they were among them friends with Hitler and the Kennedys and mm. Churchill and like it's just it, it's just bananas yeah. <laughs> this family um, but really really fascinating um, so if you're if that sounds interesting to you then you can you can seek out more more about them all right yeah so I guess the one takeaway would be that um, for the pursuit of love like a lot of these characters are based on people that she knew mm-hmm. and her own experiences growing up mm-hmm. and and her family members her family so yep. while it is fiction there's a lot of truth here absolutely and yeah. we were also touching on the fact that by the time this book came out the kind of life that she's portraying in this book had already kind of started to fade from existence mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um just because everything in that interwar period really moved so fast it did yeah it was really um it was the tail end of that kind of life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, it became very quickly a very, um, very interesting piece of social history. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Well, let's pull the first prompt. Let's do it. You go for it. Oh, All right. Let's get right into this character driven book. Yes. Favorite character character honorable mention plus pull a prompt from the character questions. Ooh, favorite yeah. character. Well, 
<clears throat> okay. So, I mean... <laughs> Should I ease us into it? Because my favorite character is Davy. And of course, that is a very solid choice. <laughs> a solid, solid choice. And I love me some Davy. Yeah. I, um, so as a, if you've been listening to us, you may recall, like, I have a small child. And so I've been doing my reread while breastfeeding my small child. Mm-hmm. And usually I do that silently. But throughout this book, <laughs> I have continued to chuckle so much that my baby keeps like stopping and looking up at me and being like, what? <laughs> and it What's is so when funny. I read about Uncle Matthew. Yes. <laughs> Uncle Matthew and Davy is like the sweet, sweet spot. Yeah. But Uncle Matthew... Well, we can come to Uncle Matthew again in Problematic Things. Okay, yeah. Like, I want to just, you know, fest to the fact that I know Mm -hmm. he's, like, a terrible racist person, but I love reading about him he and is all of also, his, yeah. like, eccentric quirks. He is a very eccentric man, and he gives no fucks. <laughs> no, he doesn't. Yeah, I just, yeah. There anyway. is something really, really enjoyable about reading about a character like that. It's so true. Like, he yeah. has his ways, and I love how he's, like, he likes very few people, but it's, mm-hmm. like, that first meeting, and then they can, like, literally do no wrong. Mm-hmm. If he likes you, he likes you. Yeah, you're in. Yeah. Um, anyway, so, but let's, yeah. let's talk about Davy first, because Davy is... <laughs> Davy is, is quite the character. <laughs> Davy comes into the picture by marrying Aunt Emily, and he is not what any of them pictured as a husband. He's an extreme, like, would you call him a hypochondriac? I guess. I mean, he's a hypochondriac who specifically is focused on his digestive system. <laughs> <laughs> he's, yeah, he's really, really focused on his and his own health, and he um, feels himself to be delicate. Yeah, and he also, in like many ways, is just like he doesn't he doesn't care what kind of impression he makes. He, like the first time he comes there for dinner, yeah. and he they're all all the children are fascinated because he takes out this giant pill and swallows it with no water and asks what kind of um what their soil is like and the aunt Sadie tells him it's clay so he takes out this giant pill and swallows it in the water and then says to himself but very distinctly then the water here will be madly binding (laughs) and then just like fully owns like everything that is happening to his digestive system throughout the novel and everyone's like like amused and well they all love it and they all get like very like the kids especially get like so like into it and like asking him yeah and uh and he's always doing these like weird faddish things like that time where he he's doing like a alternating red meal and white meal and i love when like Jesse runs off mm. like it's him and Louisa who are picked to like go after her yeah. but they have to wait for his special chest of like <laughs> pills to be made before he can like embark on this like very oh. and so of course like by the time they get there she's already married the dude yeah and then <laughs> okay. they write back he's a terrific Han a small man like a nut <laughs> <laughs> And they're like, you'll all love him. And I'm kind of sad that we never get to meet him. Yeah. Well, I don't think they ever did. Like, because Jassy mm. is based on Jessica. Oh, yeah. Um, who goes off to America. Yeah. Who also did. Uh, so Jassy is their youngest sister who has been saving up for years to run away. She's got a running away fund that she sells all her Christmas and birthday presents to the other kids. Um, and that's true. That's Jessica did that. Oh. Jessica, from a very young age, was like, I'm not having this mm. bullshit of like not being allowed to have an education and whatever. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm out of here. And so Jassy is very much based on Jessica. Um, but uh, I also want to touch on the, this character section on the fact that they they have what they call Hans and oh, counter Hans. Yeah. yeah. So the people that they like and, and feel are like them and that they get along with and have a similar sense of humor are Hans. Mm-hmm. And anybody they don't like is a horrible counter Han. Yeah. And they have like meetings. Meeting in the Hans cupboard. Meeting the Hans cupboard. And the main mission, other than to like decide if someone's a Han or a counter Han, is to like rescue all the animals. All the on animals. Estate. Yeah. <laughs> I do admit that I skip over some of the hunting bits at the oh, beginning. Do you? Because there are some sad animal descriptions. Mm. Um, not on board with hunting. And they all love hunting in this book. 
<clears throat> yeah, it's one of the, they even touch on that, how like they go yeah. around like saving all the animals, but then they also like love hunting at the same yeah. time. I should clarify, I'm not down with sport hunting. Mm. Um, child hunting. Child hunting is fine. Yeah. <laughs> Uncle Which Matthew hunts his seems, children. It sounds great. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like they all have a great time. Yeah. Um, and in the book, they... Uh, Han is basically like honorable. So mm. whether or not you're yeah. of the um, aristocracy or whatever, but in real life, they also had the Hans, but they were, it was, um, the word Han came from the word hen and it was because they were all obsessed with chickens. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. But you didn't have to actually be like part of the aristocracy because no. it was not like Josh was. Josh was a Han. And, well, yeah. Josh was a Han. Was and, groom, yeah. and then even when they meet Davy, they're like, he's actually like, yeah. he has it before his name. Right. Yeah. Because they're like, oh, T- Davy's a Han. And they're like, yeah, he seems a terrific Han. He's like, no, I mean, literally he's a Han. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah. And then that's when they, when they write back about Jesse's husband, they're like, he's a terrific Han. Little man, like a nut. Yeah. Now in this, maybe in this part, I'll talk about the fact. So like they even say like, you know. So the book is focused on Linda. Mm-hmm. Linda's story. This is Linda's story. And like Davy, like potentially even more than Aunt Emily, like loves her. Like they yeah. all love Linda. Mm-hmm. And I find myself wondering a little bit why. Mm. I Yeah, I see Is it that. just because she's beautiful? <laughs> I don't think so. It's more than that, but it's a lot about that. <laughs> they definitely mention that a lot. Um, my sense of Linda and why everybody loved her so much was because she was sort of the, um, they, there was a potential to her. Mm. Like she was very bright. Mm-hmm. She was very sensitive. Mm-hmm. And she was like attuned to things in life that I think maybe... Uh, just skated by the others. Yeah. Well, they, yeah, like she had like a fatal, unfortunately, like, you know, like romantic. Yeah. She seemed to be like one of those people that was, that was all or nothing. Yeah. I, I, I yeah, I get that. I guess it's, it's just when you read about the others, like they're, yeah. they're I mean, I think it's actually like, you know, Uncle Matthew is best in small parts because Mm. it's just like all these like delicious little tidbits given. And like Linda does live like this tragic Mm -hmm. life story Mm -hmm. and whatnot. Um, But yeah, like she and she doesn't come across like super self-involved, but she seems like somewhat self-involved. For sure. Yeah. Or like oblivious, Mm -hmm. you know. um, Yeah, no, she is. And I I think too, part of Linda is that she's very non-conformist. I mean, they all are, mm -hmm. but I mean, look at the way she was with her child. Oh my gosh. Poor Moira. (laughs) But also just like the way that she's like supremely uh, like, I mean, she's not a, that's hard to say. Cause like when she marries Christian, she works her butt off and like she works mm. you know she she yeah. compl- like but like she's like how anyone can do anything after doing housework I mean I she's so terrible at it yeah but like yeah like she does nothing as a mother no she's like when they're like Linda I don't know how you could have been so terrible to poor Moira she's just like dull uninteresting yeah <laughs> she <laughs> calls her a counter home like right after she's right? born she's like a newborn <laughs> and I'm like and they're all kind of like Oh, like none of them like that, but they're like, we still love you. Yeah. And even though she's like a terrible mother and like actively like Mm -hmm. terrible, Mm -hmm. but also like she's fast, she's lazy. Like when she's like waiting those two years, like, you know, finally Lord Merlin's like, if you want to be like a bright star in society and meet these other bright stars, like you're going to have to educate yourself in some way. Yeah. And she's like, oh. Yeah. Well, I think, too, that she um, she needed uh, the right kind of, um, like, stimulus, right? Then Lord Merlin yeah. eventually gave that to her, but she was not the type of person who... She wasn't the Pamela. She wasn't going to get her kicks out of being a country woman. She didn't want to learn how to cook. Uncle Matthew wouldn't send them to school. Yeah. So in real life, and I think that Linda is... So Nancy Mitford said that Linda was, uh, her personality-wise, was very much based on Deborah. Okay. Which was Deborah? The young, the Duchess of Devonshire. Oh. Um, But she also, I'm sure, had elements of Nancy herself. And Nancy had a lifelong 
grudge against her parents for refusing to educate her and her Mm. sisters. But Linda, even like when she is in Paris, Mm. she just spends all day, every day sunbathing and is like, this is the best. And I'm like, are you not bored out of your gourd? Yeah, I know. You know? And then when she moves back into Alkenly. Alkenly. And like, again, just like sets herself up in the warm cupboard. Mm -hmm. So no one else, like they could just visit her, but Mm -hmm. she's like in it. And like, again, does just like nothing all day. I know. I'm kind of with Louisa. Yeah. You're like, pull your weight, lady. Well, I'm like, it's just like, you're having a baby. You're totally broke. Like, she's just like, do, 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 do. Yeah. I don't know. Like. I enjoy reading about her story, but I'm kind of like not that down with Linda. Yeah. If you knew her in real life, you probably wouldn't like her that much. No. Yeah. Yeah. Especially because like they do mention her looks a lot. Like Mm. I don't think that she would have gotten away with any of that had she not been beautiful. In fact, actually, that's one of my favorite Lord Merlin parts when he goes to Paris and he like sees her like that. And he's like, oh, I'm so (laughs) glad to have seen you like this. Yeah. yeah. It was like everything he dreamed of. But I think she's just like she is like she's like a falling star or a comet. Right. Mm -hmm. You can kind Mm -hmm. of tell that like, you know, like, yeah, she wasn't living in a way that was going to go towards longevity at all. Exactly. And I think that's such a key part in the book, right? Like, Mm -hmm. so spoiler again, but Linda dies at Mm -hmm. the end in childbirth, but it's that, it's that ending where like, she's very much being paralleled to the bolter and you get the sense that the bolter, this was how she started off too, right? Oh yeah. She wasn't like some person being like, I'm going to, my whole life is going to be a series of bolting and various husbands. She was just like, I'm in love with this person. Oh, no, now I'm in love with this person. Oh, no, now I'm in love with this person. Yeah, and the Bolter was, like, known for being, like, beautiful Mm -hmm. and, like, really interesting and smart. And she was exactly like Linda. Yeah. And, like, and that's that final line when Fanny's Mm -hmm. like, oh, but they were really in love. And she's like you think that every time yeah like that I know it's you know? so good because, and it's so true because yeah. if you read this book that mm-hmm. how Linda feels about Fabrice is also how she does at the yeah. time feel about Tony and feel about Christian yeah like absolutely so it's it's very much like she I think would have gone yeah. on that way yeah. but the bolter's like better for her to have died mm-hmm. young like mm-hmm. no. yeah she was on this path and that's so true like what you said like it's she wasn't living in a way yeah. that was uh, going to end up being a happy life yeah except that like love <laughs> with like the bolter tries to be like we're in the same and Linda's like fuck you I know she's so she's offended like, she's so offended and like won't deign to like mm-hmm. you know like and you're like you get the sense that had Linda lived like maybe two more along yeah. but she was like cause you know like Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, like I think she thought she would grow up to be her mother, but instead she grew up to be her aunt. But it's because mm-hmm. she ide- idealized like Fanny's, like, you know, mm. what the Bolter would send for Christmas. Like, yeah. you know, and they like, were always like, you were so lucky parents. to have such wicked parents. Yeah. yeah. Like, well, if you like, like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's interesting because Fanny talks a lot about how she had this glamour around her real parents, but like in her heart. Aunt Emily was her mother and mm. like she always loved going like the safety and stability of their home. Yeah. Um, whereas Linda was never drawn to safety and stability. No. Well, it doesn't seem like any of the Radlet children were. No. 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 They were very much about like the moment. Yeah. And that was and they talk about that too, about Linda living in the present and how she doesn't ever think about the future. Yeah. Um and yeah. clearly not. No, not at all. Not at all. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So we really got off on Linda. Um, yeah. Oh, but I did also want to say, I think it was a really smart move to have the book narrated by Fanny. Yes, I agree. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Fanny, I don't think, I think Fanny is the one character who doesn't really correspond to anybody in life. I think Fanny is like the part of Nancy Mitford that could detach and observe. Because mm, she so is such mm-hmm. a, because it's not entirely clear at the beginning of the book that the story is not going to be about her. About Fanny, yeah. Because it's much about her childhood. Mm -hmm. It's about her experiences. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, like, she's... Like, when Aunt Emily marries, it's all about how Fanny is going to react and everything like that. And then at some point, like, you know, it's the coming out. And then 
then there's Linda's love affair with Tony. And mm-hmm. that's when the book really switches over. And it's like, oh, no, this is Linda's story. And yeah. I'm telling it because Linda's gone. Mm-hmm. But like you never see Fanny actually like meet her husband. No. Like she just no. kind of like, you know, you get the sense that she's mm-hmm. the mother that, you know, yeah. Linda is not. Yeah, for sure. Though in the end when she adopts Linda's own child and it's like, it I maybe than... like it better. Yeah. Also because it's beautiful and I'm like, geez Louise. Well, because it's Linda's, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I also have to put a plug in here for um, Don't Tell Alfred, which is my second favorite Nancy Mitford book after this one. And Don't Tell Alfred is about... Louisa's daughter who goes to live with Fanny and Alfred when they are living in, I think it's in France. Oh. Um, And he has like a diplomatic job. Okay. Yeah. And so Louisa's daughter, her name is Northy and she is like Linda Jr. (laughs) And it's very funny. Okay. All right. Well, that's great. I'm going to read that. Yeah. I always remember this one part where like they're having a big dinner and they've ordered all these lobsters, but she can't like, she can't get on board with like the killing the lobsters, like boiling them alive for dinner. So she like kidnaps them all and goes and like releases them into the river. Oh no. (laughs) Uh, Anyway. Uh, uh, so any honorable mentions, anybody who, well, Lord Merlin, mm-hmm. love him as a character. Mm-hmm. Um, who else is an honorable mention? I love how Louisa is not super down with Linda. Yeah, no, Louisa, <laughs> Louisa is not like, really down with her whole family. No. She becomes Aunt Sadie. She does exactly what she's yeah. supposed to do, and what she's been she's raised boring. to do. And everyone's like, you're, you're boring. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and she is. She is boring. Like, Jassy at least runs off to the States and marries a little nut man. Yeah. Like, Matt runs away and, like, joins an army, which, even though yeah. it's foreigners, Uncle Matthew's proud of him for joining the war effort. Yeah. And Linda, of course, is, like, you know, becoming, like, a a famed beauty mm-hmm. and then running off, like joining communism and running. Yeah. Yeah. All of these different things. And I think my honorable mention character is, um, wait, Oh, Oh, well, we've touched on the bolter a little bit. But what about Juan? Juan. <laughs> Juan is great. Um, I love when they discover that, or Davy discovers that Juan is the cook. That Juan is the cook. I know. And like, even the though poison sausage. The, and when he's talking about the the cook, the current cook, and he's like, "Look at her menu: poison pie on Monday and poison stew on Tuesday." Oh, that's so good. Um, so good. And Uncle Matthew is just like looking at his name and pronouncing it phonetically and he yeah. like calls him Jewin the whole time. Yeah. Terrible. Oh. Um, and then Louisa is like, he goes in before tea and lives with <laughs> and her lives and lives with, with me, means sex before tea. She's like, before tea, <laughs> Fanny, can you imagine? <laughs> oh. um, All right. Anyway, yes, who's, who else I was going to say, even though we already talked about her, my honorable mention is probably Jassy. Because mm. I like Jassy a lot. I do like Jassy. Yeah. I like how like when she's trying to sell them her Christmas gifts and they're like, how much have you got? And she's got it calculated down to the hour of how much. She's got my, my train ticket to London in this many months and weeks and days and hours in a bed sitting room with breakfast, but no other meals. And it's like, Jassy at this time was aged eight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good. Yeah. 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 So, okay. Uncle right. Matthew and Davy are the clear stars of this book. They are. We still have a character question. Oh, right. Okay, let's do this. <laughs> All right. Choose a character and recommend a book for them to read. Oh, no. Well, Uncle we know Uncle Matthew, Matthew <laughs> won't read a book because he read White Fang one time and it was so good. He's never going to read another book. I feel like Linda could use a book. Oh, yeah. Linda what, could definitely use a book. What book? I don't know. How to be a person in the world is is that a book (laughs) i feel like someone's written something like that let me see linda could definitely use i don't know some kind of feminist book Mm -hmm. maybe some feminist critical theory Mm -hmm. unfortunately i feel like a lot of the critical feminists that i would want to recommend these days would be like so far removed from Linda's experience. She wouldn't read them. That she wouldn't uh, know what to do with them. What about Virginia Woolf? A room of one's own. A room of one's own. Linda, do something in the fucking room. Do something. Don't just lie in this shun all day, Linda. You've got all the rooms. (laughs) You've got all the rooms. Look, think of what you could do with them. Yeah. 
All right. Done. Done. Okay. All right. Next prompt. All right. Well, we've got bolters. It really is heinous of you, bolter. Oh, well, you know, we only touched on her a little bit. So let's mm. touch on the bolter, who they only refer to this bolter. When Davy's so mad at the bolter because she keeps sullying food. Yes. <laughs> She's like putting out her cigarette in the sugar bowl during who the war. Does that? I mean, I'm on Davy's side with yeah. this, of course. But she also does something where she like. She licks a spoon and puts it back in the jam. Yes. And he's, he's furious. He's furious. And he's like, look here, Bolter. I <laughs> oh, I love how they all call her Bolter. And they call her Bolter. And like, it's so unexpected. Like for most of the book, she's not there. And yeah. then just at the end, she shows up, shows up with Juan. Mm-hmm. And, and Louisa runs up to Fanny and she's like, you'll never guess in a million years who's here. And Louisa, or Fanny's like, Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, no, it's your mother, Auntie Bolter. Auntie Bolter. Yeah, and they never call, like, you never find out what her first name is. You never find is. out what her name is. No, at all. So, riddle me this. Okay. The Bolter is Aunt Sadie's sister or Uncle Matthew's sister? No, Aunt Sadie and Aunt Emily's sister. So, is it Aunt Sadie's house? No, I think it's Uncle Matthew's Uncle Matthew's. Okay. So yeah. she just like, she, so she shows up to be with her sister. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. House needs to be talked about at some point. <laughs> but does. yeah, so like the Bolter was beautiful and she married, she married Fanny's dad, mm-hmm. but like at 18 mm-hmm. had, had Fanny and was like, I'm too beautiful to be young, too young to be with the baby yep. married. Yeah. I'm off yep. and has embarked on like a, like a subsequent like string of affairs mm-hmm. with like. Well, and marriages. And marriages. She's married a lot of her Oh, right. Because they can't men. figure out if she has or she hasn't. And they finally get it from her ration card, what her last name is. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and she was also based on a real person. Oh. Um. Edina Sackville, I think, uh, was her name, and she bolted, abandoned her children, um, mm. and ran off, I think, with um, some young, much younger man to Kenya. Oh. Uh, there's a whole book about her, um, which I meant to read before this episode, but I didn't. It's called The Bolter. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, she's based on a, on a real person, but yeah, I mean, she does show true grit, like, Absolutely. you know, cause like, as she says, like she and Juan have like come across Europe, like they mm-hmm. literally come through the war Yeah, and he's like saved her life. Yeah. got out of like a prison camp in Spain. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. She sounds deliciously eccentric, not at all concerned with being a mother, but she mm-hmm. sends Oh, the, she sends her a freaking pony. A pony. Uh, and she a sends cart. Her a pony and a cart. Which Josh is just like hiding. And like, of yeah. course, they'd be so like, and of course, Linda's so jealous. Because like, yeah. she sends her like jewelry mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. nothing that's appropriate for a young child. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's, she really like, the function of the bolter in this book is to parallel with Linda, right? Yes, of course. Um, And provide comic relief because she is very funny. And I also love the way they kind of, talk to her in like um in a way where it's almost like it's almost really indulgent like mm. like they're like we, you know we're when Davy's getting out of there because I, I don't know what the name is it's like some brand name but I assume it's like a perfume or something because remember he's like you've been using my and she's like oh just a weed droppy and he's like I'm sure you've been pouring it in the bath with the stopper out and then he goes it is too bad of you bolter <laughs> <laughs> really is heinous of you, Bota. <laughs> it's like, it's almost like they're just like, there's nothing to be done with her, but like no. we can scold her, you know? Yeah. <laughs> they're just like, she's gonna, Bolter's gonna do what she does. Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, but she is like quite lovable. And they said she's yeah. really helpful with the children. Yeah, that she's like the best with the kids. Mm-hmm. But of course you could be. Yeah. Like if you yeah. don't do day in and day out. But I love how, so divergent a little bit from Bolter, but I love how like Fanny and Louisa are doing everything in their power yep. not to be hanging out with their children. They'll like do all the washing and whatnot. I they're know. like, but taking care of our children is a bridge too far. I know. Like, and then they're even like, we've seen how children who don't get raised by nannies turn out. Like yes, we're not having that. We're not having that. Yes. I loved that little comment because I was like, huh. But also that like whatever nanny wants, she gets. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. 
Um, but yeah, no, I think that although the bolter is a character in this story, I think in in context of our season, mm. Linda is the bolter in this book. For sure. Yeah. She yeah. bolts from Elkinley to marry Tony and nobody wants her to. She bolts from Tony to marry Christian and no one wants her to. She bolts from Christian. She bolts from Christian and ends up with Fabrice. Um, and then, There's no bolting with Fabrice, but you can only no. imagine. But that's the big question of the, of the ending, which is, yeah. I know, it's very... It's yeah. like, what would have happened down the road? Like, would that have been there? Like, would they have been happy together? Because Fabrice does make a special trip all the way back to London for one night to mm-hmm. specifically to tell her that he loves her and that mm-hmm. she is different from the other women. I don't know. I think it's really complicated because that it was a crazy time. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. having watched as many people have like many movies set mm-hmm. and like the world wars, you know, like yeah. the heightened feelings for sure. Yeah. You know, like just like, yeah. this could be my last night. This could be thy last, like, you know, I think the romance of it, yeah. you know, definitely would cloud one's judgment. And mm-hmm. like, it was very romantic of Fabrice to mm-hmm. jet over as he did and whatnot. Yeah. And like, Linda, again, doing nothing in that cottage, but yeah. sitting beside the phone all day. Like how Linda lives such a life, but really day to day, so boring. It would be so boring. So boring. She doesn't read. She doesn't like, she just she like. just have a very rich inner internal life somehow. I hope. She had her bulldog puppy. She did have her bulldog puppy. Plon, plon. Plon, plon. <laughs> um, and Fanny's so jealous. But I do love the way the book ends. Mm, yeah, with the question with of the it. With the question where Fanny's like, no, no, he, she would have been happy with him. And the bolter is like, she's like, Fabrice was the one. And the bolter says to her, oh, dulling. Because she calls no. everybody darling, but she pronounces it dulling. Oh, yeah. dulling. One always thinks that every, every time. And that's yeah. the final line of the book. Yeah. So it really leaves you wondering about Linda. Was she de- destined to be a bolter forever? Or was she... Well, I don't know. I feel like with the whole, like, you know, going through constant affairs, death by childbirth was kind of like, Hmm. you know, probably going to happen to her at some point. Well, since she was told not to have Yeah, like they were like, anymore will kill you. Yeah. It's actually kind of surprising that she didn't end up getting pregnant with Christian. Yeah, I mean, don't they talk about it at the beginning? Like, how does the bolter not get pregnant? Oh, yeah. They're yeah, like, oh, tremendous hot baths and jumping off of tables. But clearly the bolter is, I feel like, smarter than Linda. Like, I feel mm. like is more world-wise. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, and. Yeah, she's more jaded, at least at this stage in her life. But I feel like maybe, I don't know, just... Yeah, just a little bit more aware. Yeah, or like she... Accept- but it's hard to say, like, she- we don't know what she was at, like, when she was 18, like... Yeah, I yeah. know. Like, at, at what point did the bolter accept that she was the bolter? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I- and would Linda have ever got there? Would Linda have ever got there? Yeah, but I feel like the bolter must have figured out, like, a better method of, mm. like... Mm-hmm. Child's non-bearing. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Whereas Linda just didn't think about that. And yeah. even like her entire pregnancy, like, you know, Fanny's mm-hmm. like, my doctor is horrified mm-hmm. that Linda is pregnant. Mm-hmm. And Linda's just like, la da 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 Yeah, she's like, oh, doctors, what do they know? Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's a really, it's a really interesting. And I think that in terms of um, the feminist aspect of bolting, mm. <laughs> We look at Fanny and people like Aunt Emily mm. and even Aunt Sadie, I guess, seem to have a, a loving marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you look at Louisa mm. and Louisa seems perfectly content, but she was a child who married like a 50 year old man. No, he was like 39 or something. Like oh, really? That. So he wasn't that old, but his, but, he, ha- like, but his hair was slipping off the back of his head, like an eider down off a bed. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it said it was like in his late thirties, oh. but like she was like 18 or 16 or something. She would have been 16. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and it was very much a, not exactly arranged but orchestrated well like she met him like a couple of times and then she was engaged like it was very much like that's what happens a lot like Mm -hmm. you know the normal course of action is like you get 
you debut. Yes. And then like various yeah. men, blah, blah. You have chaperoned meetings. Like I think, you have chaperoned didn't meetings. they say his mother and aunt invited her, Louise and Aunt Sadie yeah. to stay with him for a weekend or something. Yeah. But if that was the alternative for Linda, like, I don't know. I don't think she should have, well, I don't think she should have married Tony, but she did. Mm. <laughs> and I don't think she should have stayed married to Tony. No, not for as long. Like, yeah, they talk about how, like, she was really good at always putting on a, like, Fanny talks, describes it as, like, Linda was always good at putting on a good shop front. Mm-hmm. Like, she doesn't really talk about a lot of things or a no. lot of her problems. But one has to wonder, like, when one focuses on Linda a little bit more, was she always, was she thinking about them? Like, was she noticing? Well, she would have had to, right? Because she knew about Tony's mistress, but yeah. she never mentioned it to Fanny. No. Yeah. Um, but she, yeah, like she did know. And she knew obviously about Christian and Lavender Davis. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it was really interesting because like, I think that Linda is kind of a, she's a combination of like a feminist impulse to like not do Mm. like what is expected and like follow the status quo, but also not there enough to be like, I can make my own life. It has to be from man to man to man. Right. Yeah. Like she, instead of picking a guy who was like a solid choice, even though Tony kind of seemed like a solid choice, I Mm. mean, a terrible choice, but a solid choice, Mm -hmm. like, yeah, like she did the marriage thing. Like, yeah. so that's fairly like she was following the script. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like she kind of did it following all like the romantic impulses instead yeah. of like that. This is a good match. We'll have a right. solid life, which is definitely what you see Louisa kind exactly. of did. Like, yeah, Louisa knew she was going into her marriage for very different reasons. Mm-hmm. She was like, I'm not head over heels in love with like Fort St. John or whatever his name was. Yeah. He's um, a boring, boring man. He's a boring, boring man. But like, I'm going to have two houses and my own car and this much dress allowance per year. And yeah, that'll, that's, I'm down with that. Yeah. Whereas, yeah, Linda was like, I'm blissfully in love and will be blissfully in love forever. And I honestly wonder too, if this is one of those like tropes that happen, like you see it so often, like no one wanted her to go with Tony. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. like, and they kept her apart. So like absence makes the heart yep. that much stronger, but also like they made him more of a thrilling choice yeah. that she had to like persevere over it. Mm-hmm. And for him, like she just became this thing. I think that he wanted that everyone was saying no, because yeah. he immediately turns boring. Well, he was all always pompous and boring, right? But she didn't notice. She didn't notice. But the real red flag for me with Tony was when he was convincing his parents to approve the engagement and his dad was like, she's not going to be helpful to you in your career. And he was like, I have a great influence over her and I can mold her into someone that will help me. Yeah. Which of course you can't mold Linda. No. (laughs) And the fact that he didn't notice that. Yeah. That he was very full of himself. Um, so, but I, yeah, I don't know. I feel, I feel like Linda was halfway there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But didn't have the tools or the wisdom or the information even to know that there was a further step she could take in life to not have to. Well, probably due to her like lack of education Mm -hmm. and like, Mm -hmm the yearning that she may have had for something different, but like the lack of ability to express it yeah. and like her, you know, kind of like, like her, a little bit of obsession with not obsession is not the right word, but like her fascination with Fanny's mother. Yeah. So whether or not she realizes it, she's unconsciously absorbed, like mm-hmm. to rebel is to be the bolder. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. And I think it's like the only example she has. Yeah. And there's several times like, um, after Louisa's marriage, when she gets very depressed and Fanny says mm-hmm. in her narration, this was a time that Linda should have been made to work as I was like hard at something because Fanny was in school mm-hmm. and Linda was not. Yeah. Um, and so Linda just had nothing to do all day to occupy all that energy and like dreaming and like wish for change. Yeah. And all she had to pin that on was 
like these dreams of romance, which were very much not rooted in reality. Yeah. I mean, they say that all of the Ratlets kind of struggle with the fact that they were brought up so unconventionally Mm -hmm. and like they could like respond really well to crises and Mm -hmm. whatever, but they had no idea what to do themselves with like the boring monotony of like day to day life. And you see that like Linda literally just does nothing. Yeah. Yeah. They don't know how to like just do the daily She'll do the work when she's like in the communist thing and Christian's like, we must work and she'll do the thing when they're like, you know. um, And that's really one of the reasons why she was so drawn to Christian because it gave a focus to, Mm -hmm. and I love the part where they're in Spain and they tell her to um, organize the the cabins. Yeah. Yeah. She puts all the laborers in the best cabins because it says Labrador next to her name and she used to have a Labrador dog. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like it does seem like, yeah, like Linda like suffered greatly from a lack of education. Yes. All the children seem to have suffered a bit yeah. from the lack of education. Yeah. But it was because they were all being brought up to be like, Matt was clearly supposed to just take over from Uncle Matthew at some mm. point. Well, Matt did have an education. Oh, right, yeah. He did. He, the boys were allowed to go to school, yeah. which just infuriates me. And was also true of the Mitfords. They had a brother as well, Tom. And he went to and school. And he went to school. Yeah. 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 But he still rebels, like, you know. Yes, he does. Yeah. For sure. Because it seems to be all, like, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the um, Aunt Sadie and Uncle Matthew seem entirely confused about, like, how their children have all, you know, like. Yeah. And again, I think it's that changing times, mm, too, right? Yeah. Like, they were probably so out of the world that they didn't realize, that, like, thing, like even the thing about um, when they were so upset that Fanny and Linda went to visit Tony in his rooms at Oxford. And yeah. then everyone had to be like, no, that's actually, like, a totally normal thing for yeah. people to do. You just don't know because you have been, like off in your house (laughs) in the countryside, not like keeping up with the times kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that you would have appreciated the fact that even though she did a lot of lying in the sun in Paris, she also spent a lot of her time shopping. I loved that the first time I read the book. The second time I didn't love it as much. No, No, but I loved it the first time. I love that she like... You know, they talk about how good she looks in England and she's a beauty mm-hmm. in England. And then she gets to Paris and they're just like, oh, you're so dowdy. Yeah. And then when she like, and then I love Lord Merlin, who's like, oh my God, like yeah. to see her like fully. And they're like, you are such a good looking person. And it's like, she's reached her like full potential with like yeah. Parisian beauty. And I do, I did love it. Um, and I just want to interject here too, that Nancy Mitford later in her life, moved to Paris. Oh. She lived a lot of her life in France, and she loved fashion. Mm. She was always, like, very, very fashionable um, and, and, like, the cutting edge of style. So, yeah. Love it. Mm -hmm. All right, let's move on. All right, it's your turn. Whoa there. Whoa there. Automatic things in the book. Ooh, here we go. So, obviously, Uncle Matthew utters a great deal of um, racist slurs Mm -hmm. against people, has Mm -hmm. racist policies to who can live in his house. And who he can associate with and who his children can associate with. Yeah, obviously, he has, like, not great ideas about educating women and Mm -hmm. even, like, words and things that women are allowed to talk about when he, Mm -hmm. like, takes Emily to task over the fact that Fanny says, note like yeah, note, note paper instead note of writing paper. paper and like mirror instead of looking glass. Um, so obviously all of that is terrible and awful. I do feel like that the book is not condoning it. Like they're mm-hmm. not all racist like Uncle Matthew. No, no. it is. There are some moments, mm-hmm. but the, overall it's like, here's a book about a bunch of people and one of them is a racist. Yeah. And it's also very clear to me that Uncle Matthew got a lot of his um, hatred for other races in from his experience in World War One. Yeah, yeah, like the other, like the othering mm-hmm. that has been done to mm-hmm. like people of in other countries and that and he, kind like, of specifically thing. Specifically, hates German people. Yeah, so none of that is great. I think there's also, and I don't think it's Mr. Matthew. I think there's a very unfortunate use of the N word. There is, yes, which yeah. really does not need to be in there because it's just like no. uh, used in like a casual, like it was a phrase at the time. Which yeah, is, and I don't even really outdated. understand. Like having read the. Having read this section, I don't even understand what it's about. And I declined to Google it Mm -hmm. because I just don't want to know. But that's a really unfortunate one. So Mm -hmm. uh, 
and apologies if you were triggered by that one because that one's not not great no um what else is problematic i think like we touched on it a bit with i think louise's marriage is a little bit problematic well yeah like um she is yeah like i mean it depends on where you are but 16 is 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 quite young mm-hmm. she's like in my eyes a child mm-hmm. getting married to a much older man yeah um just the idea that like that man would come to the ball and be like mm. Ew. like it's gross yeah, so there's also, like, there's a comment somewhat in the beginning of the book. Mm. Is it about the ball, like, old men like little girls? Mm. And then it, oh, I never remember. Is it Bill or Bob? Bob. Bob is, like, and little boys. And then it just, like, ends there. And I'm like, yeah. what? What happened, Bob? <laughs> like, yeah. Like, what happened you to okay, you, Bob? Bob? <laughs> um, and I will say that the sequel to this book, Love in a Cold Climate, has a lot of very problematic um, things along those lines yeah. in it. I don't really enjoy it. For mm. many years, it was the more the more well-known book, and I oh, never really? could understand that. I don't really like Love in a Cold Climate. Huh. Um, That's so interesting that for a while it was bigger, and now mm-hmm. The Pursuit of Love has. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you can either get them all together, which I did just because the cover was so great, mm-hmm. or you can get The Pursuit of Love by itself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, trying to think what else well a lot of the things that are played as jokes are racist yeah um for example like juan huarn like the way they say his name right yes um and in one way it's like yes it's reflective of their ignorance but it's also supposed to be funny yeah like nancy mitford is and like the same thing with uncle matthew like Mm -hmm. his quirks are being played for laughs but like some Mm -hmm. of the stuff like the entrenching tool is super gross it's very gross and there's also the comment about oscar wilde which is like very homophobic like yeah like a lot of uncle matthew's problematic personality traits are played Mm -hmm. for laughs which is why it's funny to read him but Mm -hmm. you kind of know that like if you met him well first of all he doesn't like many people so he probably wouldn't like me no and then he would probably be mean to me and i wouldn't like him either because like fanny doesn't like him no a lot of people don't like him a lot of people don't like him and the people who do like him are other eccentric wealthy people who are just used to the eccentricities of that class. And like Davy, who is mm-hmm. beloved by Uncle Matthew, is like, yeah. I don't see a problem. One of the things I found problematic too was some of Linda's attitude um, during her love affair with Fabrice. Mm. It's just very, it's very weird, but it's also very much like, I should just be grateful for what he's giving me mm. and not ask for more. Yeah. And I found that to be problematic. Yeah. I feel like there's a little bit of like a Scarlett O'Hara character in here, like mm. where she's just, you know, like from men loving men and what have you. And like, it's like, I can't think about that today. I'll right. think about it tomorrow. Yeah. And like, then it's just that put put away kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, it maybe it goes back to Linda's like lack of education where mm. like she hasn't been given the critical thinking skills to like figure out her way through when she's like, I feel uncomfortable, but I don't know why. So I'm yeah. just going to back away and be like, I'm happy with my lot in life here. Yeah. Yeah. And like, she never really has any of those like deeper conversations with him. And I mean, it mm-hmm. sounds like literally she's telling him just all about her family every day. Yeah. And he just loves hearing about them the same way I love hearing about Davey and Uncle Matthew. And he's just like, this is insane. I love it. Yeah. Like it says that they just chat and they just have superficial jokey conversations. I think what bothers me about their relationship is that there feels like a real power imbalance. Well, the fact that like he has dinner with her every night, he shows up at like seven Mm o'clock, he stays the night, but he leaves, goes back home, Gets back into bed. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So he can have breakfast in bed at his own house. Yeah. And then he calls her after breakfast and they talk for an hour. Mm -hmm. And then he, again, like leaves her alone all day and sees her again. Like she's such a kept woman. She, yeah, she's got no money. She's got no power in that relationship at all. But she doesn't even know what to do with it because Lord Merlin Mm -hmm. gives her money and she spends it all on a little Renoir. Yeah. Fabrice. For Fabrice. I know. I think the power imbalance bothers me in that, in that relationship. Um, yeah. And 
even the way it begins, right? Where mm-hmm. he finds her crying in the train station because mm-hmm. she's stranded and he just stands next to her laughing. I know the laughing is really weird. Yeah. It's real weird. And she's just like, like, I'll go with him. What other options do I have? You mm-hmm. know, because she's like, I'm going to be kidnapped. I'm going to be trafficked. Yeah. She thinks I, she's being trafficked, but she's just like, oh, I don't know what else to do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I have to say, Although it's very much like portrayed as this fairy tale romance, I'm not really on board with the Linda Fabrice romance. No, I mean, because they don't really give any. The same way that I had trouble with Linda as a character, mm-hmm. I feel like I have trouble with Fabrice as a character. Nothing super compelling about them mm-hmm. is told to us. Right. You know, he's right. not, I mean, he's not even like Linda. He's not even good looking. Yeah. You know, he doesn't seem to have the personality. Like he's just like, we're going to have an affair. We're totally starting an affair right now. You're not leaving. And like, they just yeah. pretend for a little while. And she's like, I also know that we're about to have an affair. Mm-hmm. I do feel like if in a adaptation of like a, mm-hmm. like a movie or something like this, they could, I mean, the laughing is hard to get over. <laughs> <laughs> But if there was like a chemistry, a Mm -hmm. physical connection, because she can feel it. She's like, we're going to get it on. I can feel it. And, Mm -hmm. but it's maybe because of this time period, Mm. the, that sex appeal or that, like that chemistry that heat isn't like conveyed through to us. No. We read that she feels it, but I don't feel it. Yeah. I mean, it's not steamy. It's not steamy. Their affair is not steamy. No. Um, And yeah, it's not really that kind of book, but I agree. It doesn't really do a great job of um, conveying his charisma in a way that the reader feels Yeah, Yeah, I don't mean like I want their sex scenes, but it's just, yeah, like the charisma, like the connection, like the sizzle. For a book that's all about love affairs, there's... And in a way, it kind of is fitting in that it's being told through Fanny. Yeah. But at the same time, it does feel lacking because we don't really get it. Um, from what I can gather, the reason why she likes the reasons that Fabrice are like everything to her is that a, he provides her with an apartment and clothes that are pretty mm-hmm. and b the sex is good. Yeah. The sex is real good. Much better than Tony and Christian were led to believe, which I can definitely believe. Oh Yeah. She's like, I had no idea, which yeah. is, I'm so glad for Linda. Yay, Linda. Yay <laughs> to get some. Just because the sex is good, finally, does mm-hmm. not mean that it's true love. But she might not know that. She, oh, well, she clearly doesn't. No. She clearly does not. She clearly does not. I love how Fanny like, is like, Alfred's great. <laughs> I know. And Linda's not convinced. No, she's like, mm. <laughs> She's like, I don't think he can be. He's English. He's a yeah. Don. He's an Oxford Don. Come on now, Fanny. Come on now. Yeah. Oh, that's right. That's the comment. Like, that's the comment about how Fanny has watched all the Oxford wives who are progressive insist mm. on raising their own children. Right. And they become, like, ragged and tired and, like, <laughs> you know, dull of mind yeah. or something like that. And I was like... That hurts, Fanny. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh, goodness. Yeah. Uh, Anything else problematic? Um, I I think those are the main ones. And, of course, hunting, if you're not a fan of that. it's Right. All right. Stop. This magic moment. Favorite part. Well, I have to say that the beginning of the book has always been quite lovely to me because... um, Okay, so now we can talk about the house. Mm. Because the house, even though it's described as cold mm-hmm. and filled with like killing tools and kind of like a mausoleum, like not mausoleum, like museum like in like its yeah. preservation of like metals and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And like it's ugly from the outside, but then they talk about how it's on a hill and the forest comes mm-hmm. right up to it. And like at any moment, you can look at your window and like see another animal killing another, like an animal <laughs> killing an animal. I'm like, okay, we both live in the woods and I've never seen that. <laughs> I don't understand. (laughs) But um, the horses and the beginning Mm -hmm. part where, like, she goes for Christmas, in my mind, it's beautiful. Mm -hmm. And I can't get away from that. Even with the entrenching tool and, like, the one table. And, you know, like, I, yeah, I still kind of love it. Mm -hmm. And I love that first Christmas. Yeah. Um, I also really like the the ball is quite funny. Mm -hmm. Um, What else? I do like... 
yes, okay, I do like the shopping in Paris. I like the description <laughs> of the apartment with the window that fully opens. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, like I, I can see that apartment in mm-hmm. my mind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Any moment with Davy. <laughs> Any moment with Davy is true. Um, I also really love the description of the window in the Paris apartment mm. and how it opens like a car window and disappears into the wall. Yes. And the description of like the seasons changing and what it yes. looks like out the window yeah. in that year that she's there is like totally gorgeous. Yeah. Um, and I can really feel it. I feel like I can feel the warmth of the sun when she's like laying there. Yeah. I love that part. Yeah. Um, and I also love in the beginning section, just all the interactions between the children. Mm, yeah. I think their relationships are really funny and like quite true to life with siblings. Like they're kind of horrible to each other, but they also kind of love each other, but they've got this real way of, of communicating that is unique to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I love how Davy and Merlin are always popping up everywhere and like knowing everybody and like yeah. when they come to Paris and find her and, and she tells them who Fabrice is and they're like, oh, I see. And she's like, what, do you know him? And they're like, yeah, we know him. Like they yeah, just... And the Bolter knows him. Like, yeah. Every, like they everybody just, knows him. It's a big crowd of people that Linda seems totally oblivious that like they're all connected but yeah, no, I love Davy and uh, Lord Merlin as a little duo. <laughs> yeah. I love when the girls go to Tony's, but mm. they get each other ready first. And like, but the other kids are like, they lie that they've told about yeah. going to like Lavender's house. Yeah. And they're like, why are you leaving so early? And like, what's wrong with your faces? And, yeah. like, and they're just like, God. Like, <laughs> shush up. Yeah. And then, like, they get there and they both see their faces. And they're like, <laughs> they look like dolls. Because they, like, put makeup on out of Jassy's paint box. Like, they literally yes. just put paint, blue paint, on their eyelids. And then they kind of just, like, wipe it a little bit more, like. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, the description of Lord Merlin's ball also sounds mm. quite nice. Oh, my God. Yeah. But the first ball at their house with the oil lamps. Oh, my God. <laughs> I love, I guess like, actually like, it's not that it's the ball, it's the lead up where it's mm. the huge issue of not having enough men. And it's like yeah. all these super old men. But yeah. at least. I wanted to ask you what you thought about, um, the descriptions of the outfits for that ball, because Fanny and Linda have floating panels. I know. And I can't quite figure out what that is. I don't know what that is, there, but Louisa has a dress that's like frills of like black tulle or something with like an an oddly detached flower dangling off one shoulder. (laughs) And I think it's LeMay or something like that. I'm like, LeMay? I mean, actually, like, as a Mm. vintage clothes person, like, old LeMay is Mm. insanely gorgeous. Okay, because isn't that what Harriet Vane's wedding dress was? It's also LeMay. Yeah, like, old LeMay is, like, amazing and, like, very, like... I did not know that. Yeah, but, like, LeMay now, we, Mm. like, we're like, ooh. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but old LeMay is something else entirely. It's, yeah, it's incredibly flattering and, like, very beautiful and shimmery and, like, impossible to replicate under, like, today's, like, Hmm. manufacturing. Really? Yeah. It's, like, such a niche that I think it's, like, the skill, like, you know, Mm. no one can afford to learn it. Oh. Yeah. Hmm. Because like, who? Like, I'm gonna go into making lamay. <laughs> Sounds Old like a good career move. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that might be it. Uh, any uh, vintage clothing people, if you want to enlighten us more, you can always tweet at us. We would welcome the information about old lamay. Old lamay. All right. Is there any? Ooh. Ah. Dance the Paphian jig. Does anybody dance the Paphian jig? Yes. Yes, several I mean, people. Several people. I mean, there's lots of pregnancies, so there's lots of jigs. Yep. <laughs> so yeah, there's Linda has two babies. Uh, Fanny has four. four. Louisa, Louisa has, has six. She's like, Louise. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, obviously, uh, even like the beginning description about like Uncle Matthew and Sadie are like surprised to all of a sudden find like themselves in a house of like six, seven children. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, like lots of lots of boinking. Yes. Um, and not very good boinking, unfortunately for Linda. No. Nope. Um, Speaking about dancing Paphian and jig, I have yeah. to read this um, part. Oh. <laughs> um, this is when they're children and they're trying to figure out about the facts of life. 
we got hold of some curious ideas. Jassy, said Linda one day, scornfully, is obsessed, poor thing, with sex. Obsessed with sex, said Jassy. There's nobody so obsessed as you, Linda. <laughs> In the end, we got far more information out of a book called Ducks and Duck Breeding. Ducks can only copulate, said Linda, after studying this for a while. In running water, good luck to them. <laughs> Also, doesn't Linda tell the facts of life to some neighboring children and like they go Get home some like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, so there's lots of sex, none written about because that's just no. not this kind of book, and that's absolutely fine because that'd be fine. Been but there would have been nice if there had been a little bit more sizzle in mm. the Fabrice Linda yeah. situation. Yeah, even like the po- the moment when she finally does give in. Mm. And like sleep with him. It's mm-hmm. like so, it's phrased so like vaguely that I was like, is that what just happened? No, I guess. Like, mm. yeah. But yeah. All right. There it is. Moving on. Next. Ain't that a name? Names in the book that deserve a mention. Well, obviously, Lord Merlin has a great name. He's really like the only one with a very super distinctive name. I Jazzy? Like. Jassy? Jassy, yeah. Um, I also would like to mention that Lord Merlin's house is called Neighbor Tees. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and that was also true. Yeah. They had oh, in really? life their neighbor. Yeah. They had a neighbor who lived at a place called Neighbor Tees. Yeah. Um, but Just the rest a shout of out to are... that house and it's like ugly sculpture on a hill, yeah. which like trumpets at the hour of his birth every yes. day. But everyone's like, it's super ugly, but we all love it because it helps like lost hunters find their way home. But they also get mad because it's like just too late to remind them to tune into the news on the yeah. radio. <laughs> it's like 20 minutes too late. Yeah. That's amazing. So good. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I... I mean, Davy is an unusual name for a grown-up. Yes. But I enjoy Davy being Davy, which I also want to say Davy was also based on a real person. Oh, okay. Um, so there was a Davy, which makes me feel very, very Oh, happy. it was like the same name? No, it wasn't oh. the same name. But the Davy, as you know, as depicted, did exist right. in the world. And okay. It makes me very happy. What is Fanny short for? Francine? Oh, so, or Francis, maybe? Yeah. But it could be Fanny or Franny. Well, I think they choose one. Well, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They're not interchangeable. No, I think like for some reason it's just like one of those things that like a weird nickname. Like why does Mm. someone go from Bill to Bob? Nobody goes from Bill to Bob. They do. I mean, no, like in like the step of like if you're named William. Yeah. People can call you Bob. No, they can't. but, But they do. No, they don't. Don't they? Bob is Robert. Yeah. And Buffy. Is a short form for Elizabeth. Really? Mm-hmm. I should change my name to Lindsay Buffy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. No, it's just Francis, I guess. I didn't think it was. Yeah, yeah like the choice between Franny and Fanny, especially because like, like Fanny in England, does it not mean vagina? Yes. Yeah, my grandma always told me a joke about Fannies, and I thought it meant butt. Yeah, because that's what it means here. Yeah. I don't know why anyone would choose Fanny over Franny. Yeah. Franny is clearly the superior name. I don't know. I guess the child doesn't really get to choose. <laughs> no. And Emily got to choose. Yeah. So uh, this is the debut of a new section. Yep. Um, we are going to say farewell to a certain section, Books with Brad, and mm-hmm. introduce our new section, <laughs> Keanu Reads. The world will welcome your creation with open arms. <laughs> I just love saying it. It's good. All right. Uh, so we're going to keep it real open and loose and real mm-hmm. tight. Yeah, both somehow. Who? Let's For this one, let's do like, I feel, I, feel, I feel like Keanu could slot in here. Who would he be? Um, Lord Merlin. I could see him be Lord Merlin. I could also see him being Christian. Oh, you're so right. Yeah. A good Christian. He'd be a good a Christian. Christian. <laughs> <laughs> Not as in the religion, but he would make a really good, like, kind of... Really attractive, mm-hmm. absent, like, oh, you're just here in my bed, gonna sleep with you? I guess I shouldn't marry you. Like, Yeah, but, like, very dedicated to, like, his cause. Very and dedicated like, to his cause, yeah. Yeah, no, I yeah. think he would be good Great. in that role. Awesome. All right. All right, moving on. We our last one. Last one. Are there any cats in this book? There's so many animals in this book, but I don't remember any cats. 
They've no, got I don't either. Dogs. There's a mouse named Brenda. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of animals. Like uh, Linda wants to raise a badger. There's <laughs> lots of dogs. There's lots of horses. Lots of horses. Yeah. Foxes, um, rabbits. Foxes, rabbits. Yeah, no, I don't think there are any cats. Um, too boring, perhaps. Cats are not boring. Well, if they're all a fan of mice, it does maybe mm. stands that. Maybe. Yeah. I guess because cats aren't very useful in hunting. Because they're natural hunters. No, I mean in like sport hunting, like oh, a dog. Yes. Like you can't like train a cat to come with you on a hunt. Yeah. You think with the description of alchemy though, that like a um, cat or two would be mm-hmm. quite welcome there. Yeah. Yeah. But maybe nothing lives there because it's so cold that they won't even like maybe. billet people in that house. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> you have to willingly go there. Yeah. <laughs> There doesn't seem to be any cats in the book. No cats in the book. All right. I think that's... That concludes. concludes. So for season three, we have also eliminated um, Judge's book by the cover, but you can look for it in its new iteration on Mm -hmm. our Instagram. Mm -hmm. So we have a few different editions that we will be comparing and contrasting. Good nod here. (laughs) So find us on Instagram at Story Girls Podcast. Or on Twitter at Story Girls Tweet. Yep. And thank you very much for listening. And oh, we'll see you with our next book, which will be about another bolter. In some way. Mm-hmm.